Welcome to the Idiot Exclaiming Entertainment Extravaganza, only on GamingUncensored.com. Hey, what is up? Welcome to episode seven of E4 2023. I'm Tommy Jamie sitting over there. How you doing, man? We are now old idiots. We are. We are old idiots. We, uh, we're, is, we're still the idiots, true. but we're old idiots. <laughs> yes, we are now both officially uh, past that 40 threshold. So uh, uh, happy I'm, birthday, I'm now, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm now in the 40 plus club. So, uh, yeah, just getting older. It, it doesn't ever work the other way. You just get older. Boy, it's wonderful, isn't it? <laughs> it's feeling it every single time. I got a cup of coffee because I am struggling today. Oh, uh, trust, just dragging. <laughs> trust me, brother. I'm right there with you. I have not slept in about three days. And hence, I'm wearing these glasses because, you know. I'm thinking I look pretty bad. So, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're both feeling it uh, right now. And we're glad to be talking about video games. This is uh, this is a treat after yes. the week we have both had. Yes. So it is it is a very nice uh, reprise from everything else. So that said, uh, we are still in E4 mode because it's still the summer and there's still kind of stuff happening, though there hasn't really been anything happening lately. And so we don't have anything specific we're talking about. We got a handful of show notes we'll get to in this show um, and other things that we have to discuss. Um, but uh, it is still summer of gaming and there are still things to come, uh, including us getting in a room together, which is uh, uh, planned and, and going to happen in, in about two weeks week's time and so yes uh we are excited about that and you'll be getting lots of content from that and so that'll be our kind of probably cap of of e4 though we still have gamescom coming out all kinds of other stuff it just never ends at this point but just so you know uh we're just we're riding e4 through the whole summer this year we have been told uh that that our our getting together just got more fun we have yes. new toys coming i'm not gonna tell you what they are but they are nice, nice new toys, yes. and and it's going to make uh, it's going to make E four. It's always fun, but it's going to be a lot of fun this year. Yes, uh, we are we are thoroughly uh, looking forward to that. So, um, before we get into uh, all the stuff we're going to talk about on the show today, first of all, I gotta say thanks to the Patreon guys: uh, Cabbage, Jose, Nark, Duff, Josh, Hector, Spider, Spencer, Kavash, Chad, Zeke, Chris, Brigham, Sam, Andrew, Luke, Logan, and now. Welcome new Patreon member, uh, Liz. Thank you so much, Liz, for your support. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's always nice to have a new Patreon member. I got to tell you about Liz. Liz is one of the single most gifted musicians that I've ever met. I've known her for 10 years. She currently resides in Australia. Nice. And she is one of the most technically gifted musicians when it comes to production that I have ever met. And so if you get a chance, sir, because I know that's what you do, uh, and you want to hear some really good raw stuff out of a home studio, uh, this is it. I thought you would enjoy that. I did not join on the Gaming Uncensored Patreon. I joined on my personal Patreon, but this is a person that you would definitely be interested in. So nice, um, and and we are 
Grateful for the support. Of course, if you would like to support us as well, you can do that. Go to GamingUncensored.com. Click that Become a Patron link uh, there near the top of the screen. Uh, of course, your support helps us buy video games and pay for the bills as we do this show. Yes. Um, and so we appreciate uh, your support. Uh, you get some bonus content, including our video uh, version of this podcast and others uh, and some additional gameplay content, that kind of stuff that's currently up on the Patreon. So uh, we say it this time of year, but this time of year is a good time to be on Patreon because there's more content than typical, not tons of content still because we're busy otherwise uh, still, but there's definitely more content right now than there is any other time of year. And so this is a good time to be involved. Well, and I will tell you, I got reiterated again last night that 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 whether we like it or not this show will eventually be our full-time job <laughs> so all you patreon people that have have uh have been paying all these years just hang on you're gonna get to running worse at some point we there may be 95 but you're gonna get your <laughs> money's worth at some point well, we're getting closer every day yeah uh, feeling it uh this week uh for <laughs> sure so uh that said let's uh, let's talk about some video games because video games uh are fun and and keep us young yes uh, at least at heart when our bodies are not any younger <laughs> no. <laughs> no they are not you you are really depressed aren't you uh, you know like it's a big number uh it's it's one that hits you uh when you turn 40 you're like man that's a that's, that's a whole new decade uh, yeah th this is the thing this is why i've told everybody you know about turning 40 is when you're a kid like 40s when you're old like that's you know like you look at 40 year olds and you're like oh they're old like yeah. that's the point that like you're like like in your 20s like they're like okay yeah they're adults and then your 30s they're like okay yeah they're you know a little bit older adults but just like normal adults but then you're 40 you're like oh that's that's old yeah uh, and so yep now i'm officially at that that kid sees me as old stage you know that you're old when you Go to Walmart and you spend $62 on cleaning supplies for your house, <laughs> which is what I did today um, because I'm trying to get prepared for you being here. And uh, and, and and I've been told this week that, that apparently all this time I have needed a housekeeper. So <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah. So that's when you know you're old. Yes. For, for sure. That's yeah. uh, that's fair. So uh, let's, uh, what we want to start with, we could talk about Zelda for a little bit. I mean, Zelda hasn't changed. Uh, so <laughs> there's more Zelda happening. And so I am, any thoughts? I am awash with emotion, sir. I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I'm awash with emotion. And the, the reason I picked that appropriate line is I saw it the other night when you repaired somebody's village. <laughs> that that was what the guy said. It literally said, "I'm awash with emotion," and and I just I just couldn't stop laughing uh, because that is so not how people talk. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, Zelda is. I said it last show that it's like playing with a giant erector set. And it really is like, yes. like you built that. I just got through the last video and I'm telling you, it is work to keep up with watching <laughs> you play this game <laughs> because you're just throwing content out there. And I'm like, 
Holy crap, two more hours? Are you kidding me? When am I supposed to do anything else? But yeah. the last video that uh that I that I've been just finished up, I'm totally caught up. You built a flying platform, not a plane, not a <laughs> helicopter, not any of that, just a random piece of wood that yep. <laughs> went up. And I was like, I have never seen that in any game, anywhere. You just built this random floating platform. And every time you watch it, and I've said this, every time probably you play it and I watch it, there are little annoying things like the all the text and all that that I've complained about for a while now. But then you see something that's like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And, and, and that's what this thing does. Every time you turn it on, there's these little annoyances that's like, man, this is really annoying. Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? And then you see something that's like, oh. And, and I saw two things in this last video. One was the flying platform. And the other was what I'm going to refer to as the rumba shrine. You know, the little rumba vacuums. Oh, yes, that, yes, that, yes. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> uh, that's, those, uh, are, those are fun little uh, Zonai devices that yeah. uh, like they just home in on enemies and just go right into them. And you can like attach stuff to them, to, like go stab enemies. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, like, yeah. Like, we're like, who knows how many hours we have in this game so far? It's so stupid how much time we spent in this game. And that was new. And I'm like, oh, there's still new Zonai devices to discover. That's super cool. And, yeah, uh, those were fun. It really is. It's just every every time you turn it on, you see something that's like, okay, yeah, that's 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 different, and that's cool, and that's interesting. I yes. like. <clears throat> I don't, and and I got to be careful with what I'm about to say because whatever I say, he's gonna call me, and we're gonna spend <laughs> an hour on it. But but like stuff told me the other day that he finished Elden Ring, right? He put the hours in and he finished Elden Ring and I, I don't remember what the number was that he put in, but it was well over I think it was something like 268 hours or something like that. Like, yeah. It was probably less, but I think it was some crazy number like that. And And I can't imagine Playing, like, we played, like, 20 hours of Elden Ring. And I didn't see anything that made me go, whoa. Like, I said, that's cool a couple times. That's neat. That's pretty. But I didn't see anything that made me point at the screen and go, I've not really ever seen that before. <laughs> right. You know, and like, I know he's going to argue with me because he loved Elden Ring. And, and we talked about last night that he's only played like 15 minutes of Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and, and so he's getting ready to start that journey as well. But, but like, I didn't see 
anything in the 20 hours of Elden Ring that we played that made me go, wow, that's really awesome. That's what Zelda does. Yeah. And I think it's such a, you know, uh, obviously a testament to the kind of game that scratches our itch <laughs> versus other people's itch, so to speak. Because again, what you know, like there were moments in Elden Ring that are pretty cool and some of the bosses and that kind of stuff. Like, but we've, from the beginning with Elden Ring, we talked about how like Souls games weren't kind of our thing that we've never really gotten into them in, in Elden Ring. While being the most compelling one of those that we've played still just isn't our thing. And Zelda just is. And again, in, in a lot of ways, they are incredibly similar to each other, you know, because Elden Ring took tons of inspiration from Breath of the Wild. And that's very, very clear. And they've talked about it and all that kind of stuff. So you see a lot of similarities there, but there's obviously a whole lot of differences, too, in how the gameplay manifests, specifically with kind of the difficulty of combat and all that kind of stuff, where Zelda's pretty, you know, comparatively specifically to Elden Ring, simplistic and, and not overly challenging. It's not easy but it's it, once you get into the game a little bit farther it's not hard either the joy of zelda is all the the puzzles and exploration the joy of elden ring for people who love elden ring is the combat and exploration and and the exploration side of both of those games i think we really enjoy the combat of elden ring is not our thing the puzzling of zelda is our thing and then that's kind of where i think it feels like the difference is I it, it they they are two they are two different styles and I get that and 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 I gotta be honest and be critical and I think we said this when we started but the 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 Elden Ring story and the Zelda story are very similar in that they're both very thin like yes <laughs> you know princess needs to be saved or ring needs to be you know reforged or like and and everything else all of the texts that i've been complaining about having to read i realized this afternoon i'm like you know what it really doesn't matter i can sort of i can tell what he's doing I have all the information that I really need to, I mean, like you spent like an hour and a half trying to get up to a construction site. <laughs> like, I, like, it's not really that in depth. Yeah. And, and what I'm going to, what I'm about to say uh, is probably going to insult Elden Ring people, but at least the game Elden Ring really isn't either. Right. And, yeah. And I, this is fair. It's something that you and I talk about all the time, that we are story guys. We like games with, with story and, and that captivate us in that way. And yet uh, we play a lot of games that aren't that way. And Zelda right. is a really good example of that. It, it isn't a deep storied game. It's the lore is interesting. And we know a lot of Zelda lore because we've been playing Zelda since we were five. And so it's not like we're unaware of this world and kind of how some things work. And obviously each Zelda game kind of has its own lore. And this one, you know, built off of, of Breath of the Wild. Um, 
and I don't really care about it all that much. Like I know it and it's fine, but I'm not like seeking out like uh, a really prime example in Tears of the Kingdom is when you go find those actual tears that are scattered around the map and in, in the like crop circle kind of glyph things that you find and you get the little flashbacks and you get to see some of the story with Zelda and, and King Roru and, and Queen Sonya. And like, those are interesting and I, yeah, I appreciate are. them there because one, they're voiced, uh, which is nice. <laughs> you get the little clips that have some voice acting. Uh, but also, you know, it gives you that little bit of like, oh, this is why I care. But then I'm like, okay, let's just go explore some more because I don't care enough about the story to need to go find like what happens next in the story. Like the story just kind of happens. And I go, oh, that was interesting. But it's not driving me. Prime example of another game we really need to play, and I'm hoping we can find time for it. <laughs> it's going to be a challenge. Is Final Fantasy 16, which we played the demo of. The, you know, two hours of Final Fantasy 16 demo was way more captivating story-wise than the hundred hours of Zelda that we played so far. Right. You know, like, yep. I really want to know what's happening with Final Fantasy 16 story-wise. I don't care what's happening in Zelda story. If I got no other story from Zelda from here to the end of the game. It really wouldn't bother me all that much. But that's the game I'm going to play tonight. You know, like right. I'm gonna play Zelda because the gameplay is so stinking good, the world is so stinking interesting. And while to be clear, like the main narrative of the game isn't all that important and interesting, like the characters are interesting, some of the characters you run into, and like what you were talking about, like the the big thing kind of we did re- recently was rebuilding uh Laureland Village, uh, which was one of my favorite parts of the game. Like it was really cool, like it was this fun thing of like you go and like kill all the pirates and then you go rebuild their city for them their village for them and you like feel connected to that and it's like that that was pretty cool like i really enjoyed that even though it's not really a like even a main story element like there's not you don't i don't know that you have to do that to progress the main storyline i couldn't tell you what you have to do for progress the main storyline because i've done so little of progressing the main storyline and again we have like 100 hours into it or whatever it's just absurd how much time we spent on that game and and I gotta be honest, I got the same thing going on with Diablo. I like yeah, Di- yeah, Diablo's it's a, exactly the same thing in the same in the same vein because because all of the videos and the things that I'm watching say hey your mount is story gated, and so if you want to get your mount, you have to get to this point by level. Uh, Level 50, I think it is. And I'm going, I'm level 25. I ain't even done anything. I'm not even close. Like, and <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking the more I play with it, I'm thinking I need to respect my barbarian because I don't think I don't think I'm gonna do very well. I think I'm gonna have to respect and do a whirlwind barbarian. Uh, because that seems to be what a lot of people are soloing with. And I've always just sort of done, you know, the stand there and hack and hack it people. Yeah. And, and and take a lot of take a lot of damage while you're doing it. And that doesn't really seem to be I mean, in Diablo 4 it really seems like you have to use the abilities to get by. Um and, and so I'm looking to respect that. But like, as far as progression of the game, I haven't done anything. Yeah. 
And it's it's the same way with Diablo in a lot of ways with the main story. Like we kind of know what it is <laughs> because we played Diablo for years and years. And so I don't think there's going to be anything that surprises us uh, from that story. Like we know kind of what to anticipate. And it's not going to be the thing that pushes us to play that game. We're going to find it interesting and it's going to be fun going from like city to city and meeting the different characters that are there and finding quest spots and all that kind of stuff that we do. Like that is narrative and it is an important part of the game to keep us into it, but it's not the thing that's bringing us back to it. Uh, the thing that's bringing us back to it is that the gameplay is fun and that's yeah. what Zelda is as well. And something that I think is going to be relatively, I, I don't know if I want to say new for Diablo, but they've, they're they doing it a little bit differently with Diablo 4 is that the exploration with the big world map that's not like in, you know, the different, you know, kind of segmented acts or whatever that you have access to the whole world essentially from the beginning of the game. Well, and the other thing that I realized that I didn't think about, um, the because now that they have the world map, it's not randomized. So. Right. I went I went to town and I bought two of those whispering keys and I've been looking around trying to find that whispering chest that we found that one night. I don't know where it is because I didn't mark it. I found another one. But like my point is is when we start and this is what I told you because you've been playing Zelda and not much else. When we get back together and start playing, it's gonna take about an hour maybe to get you leveled up where you need to be to to get caught up and off we go again. Like I'm not doing a whole lot of questing stuff because as I said last show, regardless of what you see on YouTube, I don't really think the game is designed to play solo. I I really it really I really don't think. And and maybe I'm playing the wrong character. Maybe I built it wrong, but it it just doesn't feel like a solo game. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, with what Blizzard has done in the past, uh, you know, uh, 10 years, at least, you know, with World of Warcraft, but just about everything else that they've done in that period, too. Like, that's what they do. You know, like they've become a game company that makes multiplayer games uh like for for better or for worse for whatever we want to say about that uh it is who they are it is their identity at this point and diablo reflects that uh in a way that that isn't awful that still yeah. you know it makes it fun and playable as a single player experience but also pretty seamlessly works as, as a co-op experience and and that's perfectly fine let me let me ask you something because you, you brought it up and i'm curious to your thoughts about it um about the the map and, and about the fact that we don't have the random generated map anymore in diablo which was a staple of G diablo like that was you know tech wise for 1999 or whatever it was that diablo 2 came out right like that was such a cool part of diablo it's like every time you fired it up the map was different you know and like you couldn't just know where things were you you could figure out where things were if you you explored just for a little bit it's not like the maps were big or anything so you could find where you needed to go relatively easily uh but it was a it was a cool kind of piece of tech in 2023 it's obvious you could do that all kinds of people do randomly generated uh, uh maps and such and now diablo 
doesn't in order to make it, you know, where it works as this online experience that you don't have, you know, all these different kind of permutations of a map available, which would make the online side of things very, very difficult. Uh, do you do you miss the random generated map? Do you care that it's not there anymore? Is that something that, that you've thought of more than like two seconds of playing Diablo 4? Not even two seconds. Yeah. Not even two seconds, because what I'm thinking is uh, what I'm most excited about and what I can't wait to do is for you and I to get together and start doing side quests and running some of these dungeons and picking up aspects to, to buff out our characters. I've already figured out where a couple of different aspects are that work on both characters. But the dungeons are hard enough at level 25. I can't solo it because I haven't built my I haven't built my character correctly. Or you're just not supposed to be able to, which I'm fine with that too, because we've been bitching for 10 years that the Diablo <laughs> needs to be harder. Well, it is. Yeah. So I I haven't thought about the random maps and yeah. like like the thing about the 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 whispering chest, like that's there. You've got a better memory of where it's at than I do, so we'll <laughs> stumble on it and I'll get whatever it is. Now I will say this: the gear is still randomly generated. Yes. And that's a big deal. Yes. That's a big deal because you're not gonna roll up to a chest and know that you're going to open this chest with this key. And get a legendary out of it. Like you, you get really jazzed up to get to the end of a thing, and you open it up, and it, it's got one blue and and like a bunch of common gear. You're like, well, crap. And it's like only for a necromancer or whatever. Right. You're like, oh, come on. Yes. I mean, that's what's great about the author. You, yes. you don't know. Yep. I and, I agree with all of that 100%. Like the 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 gear is still fun. The map not being randomized it's well designed and that's what's more important you know and especially like you could do the random map thing but the thing with the random map and again diablo 2 a game we adore uh is small enough that those random map generations don't result in like just awful crappy maps like every map is pretty good because it's just not big and and you just can't put stuff very much and that said act two you got some pretty bad ones in diablo 2 for once <laughs> in a while i think they were just all kind of bad because i was just a big waste anyway the point being that good game design uh overcomes gimmicky i, I don't want to say gimmicky because again i think the tech is cool but tech that doesn't need to be there um and this is an example where they didn't need it and and good game design trumps it and and it's better as it is than it would be otherwise well and and the thing that scares me about Diablo 4 is that i never thought would be the case is the reason i'm level 25 right now and i haven't done anything is because i have done a ton of those world events like yeah i I bitched and moaned about the about the currency and and figuring out how that works. It's not an issue because if you like if you're walking across the map and you see one of those pop up, just go do it. It doesn't take that long. Four or five minutes max and you end up with some really good gear. Like I've got good gear at eleven at level twenty five and and I haven't run a single dungeon yet. And it's yeah. all because of world events. Now, 
there is some gimmicky stuff. Like I've done a done a world event and walk thirty feet, and then the world event pops back up again, and I've been able to do it twice <laughs> and get the gear twice. Right? Like, you know, like so. There is some buggy gimmicky stuff that happens. But the reason I'm level 25 right now and I haven't really done anything is world events. Yeah. So I like it. I, I, I don't, I don't know how you feel yet because you haven't had a whole lot of time, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back to it. I did. I played a little bit the other day, uh, uh, instead of Zelda and then I, fired up Zelda right after I played Diablo. And so I haven't put a whole lot more time into it. I need to put a little bit more time into it. I'm just so yeah. obsessed with Zelda. Uh, but it, I mean, that that's nothing against Diablo at all. <laughs> that's just how yeah. much I enjoy Zelda. I am very, very excited to spend more time with Diablo. And again, we're both very excited to spend more time with Final Fantasy at some point. It's crazy that we are in our 40s and playing Zelda, Diablo, and Final Fantasy and geeked about it. You know, <laughs> like it's yeah. just a wonderful place to be. I, I'm, I'm so I mean, we're, we're, we're basically the same place we were, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Yep. Like, that's what I told Duff last night. Duff, Duff wants to hear some of the old shows. And I was like, bro, why? Right. Like, like, go back and hear us tell, talk about Zelda and Final Fantasy and Diablo. Like, <laughs> and it was bad. Like, there was some really bad shows in there. That's what I said. Is bro, why? Because we're essentially the same guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and that's a great place to be. You're right. Yeah. For sure. So. Uh, Diablo's great. Zelda's great. Uh, other games are great. More games are coming. Uh, it's yes. ridiculous how many games we have coming. So, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to keep playing and, and talking about games. Uh, that said, we do have some stuff to talk about, uh, other news wise. And so we'll, we'll hit some of this stuff and, uh, see how much of it, uh, we get through starting with what looks like, and again, very big, uh, 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 grain of salt here of not sure exactly how this will still play out, but it is looking more and more likely that Microsoft's uh, buyout of Activision Blizzard is going to happen. Uh, the biggest maybe hurdle with the, the Federal Trade Commission seems to be mostly resolved. It, it was resolved and then it was appealed and appeal got denied and it's just stuff. It's just a mess. Like, I, I don't want to keep up with all the, the different uh, aspects of how this is playing out, but <laughs> it does look like uh, that that big hurdle is is mostly taken care of, which appeared to be, in, in a lot of ways, one of the last major hurdles uh, that could happen. And even to the point that this merger could happen today, the, the finalization of this merger to, uh, as we're recording, I kind of doubt that'll happen, but I've been kind of keeping an eye on stuff. And so we may have breaking news in the middle of the show. Wow. Uh, but all that said, even if it goes through more legal stuff, it's looking more and more likely that it'll go through. And so we, we will hopefully soon be to the point that we have resolution to this. And, and the most likely resolution is that Activision Blizzard will be part of, of, of Microsoft. Uh, and so we'll get to start seeing what that actually means. 
for the gaming industry because the whole like world of litigation that has been going on for the past year or an, and a half over this has been about what will it do to the gaming industry, whether or not it's it's fair business practice as far as the gaming industry goes. And so we're about to to find that out. And so uh, talking about uh, Diablo, obviously Diablo has been a huge deal, and and that is Blizzard, of course. And so uh, right in the middle of this, uh, and and tons of other games, obviously with Activision uh, and Call of Duty, and on and on. Like we're going to see this through uh, many, many big, big name, big market, big budget games in the gaming industry. And so, yeah, we're almost there. I, we're almost there, but I reiterate what I said at the beginning. Not real sure this is good. Yes. Um, not, yeah. <laughs> not, not real sure this is good. Um, and, and, and I... Okay, I'm I'm gonna kind of go off on a very small tangent because I my the credit card that I put all of my bills on expires this month and and so I you know you do the thing where you get the card in the mail and you activate it and yeah it's the same number but you got to go through all your stuff and fill it all out again well and, and put it all in on on the websites that you use that card for you've done all this it's one of those adult things that's really annoying sure. <laughs> so i had to do that this week and i logged into all of my services and just to check and make sure that it was either paypal or I, if i needed to do something or whatever and i got to netflix and i i log into my account and I'm paying 15 bucks a month, which used to be the best you could buy. Well, now 15 bucks a month is a standard account that <laughs> tops out at 1080p. Uh, and I'm looking at that going, okay, that's YouTube TV, that's Netflix. I wonder if Disney Plus is going to be the next streaming service to say we love you but pay us three more dollars for 4k of course I, like it's a small thing and i've had a 4k screen for about 10 seconds so i really don't care that much but it's that little nickel and dime stuff that just that really bothers me and there's something about this merger that feels icky. Yes, I, I I don't disagree with that. Uh, and and I think um, anytime there's consolidation in an industry, it it reduces competition uh, because now Activision Blizzard, as a standalone entity, doesn't have to make better products to compete with Microsoft's entities or Bethesda's entities. Of course, they still have to make products to compete with sony and and on and on right but but being under right. kind of the same big umbrella like you you get this uh kind of leeway of being able to to not put effort into things that you used to have to put effort into because honestly and this is what will happen like let's be clear if one of the things that will happen because of this merger is that there are going to be some franchises that die off there are going to be some studios that close down because there's redundancy uh anytime right. that something like this happens um and and so there's going to be people losing jobs and there's going to be stuff that you know there, there's downside to to all this kind of stuff and so um like there's definitely uh an element to this that 
that is going to be, in my opinion, at least bad for the industry. There's also things that can be exciting, like Activision Blizzard games coming to Game Pass and and yes. that being, you know, a place where you get, you know, uh, what, you know, like this is now me just speculating wildly. Uh, but can you imagine like if they they included World of Warcraft with your Game Pass subscription and you and I were like, hey, we don't have to like go pay a subscription for World of Warcraft and, and can pick up our characters from, you know, 10, 15 years ago or whatever and just get to go back and explore that world for a while without any additional commitment to what we're already doing. That would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. And I got to I gotta admit, I got to give Activision Blizzard credit because uh, I, I've been meaning to tell you this and I didn't get around to it, but our web designer, Evie, and I have been working with a 3D environment called 3D Web Worlds for a while. And she's been trying to figure out how to get people to pay attention and how we can make it sustainable and all that. And one day she's looking around and she says, let's gamify it. Would you help me gamify it? And I said, I, I don't know how. And she goes, but you play games. And I said, yeah, but I, we like, I don't, she, what she said was you and Tommy play games. And I was like, yeah, but we don't build them. Right. And she, and she goes, what do I do? And I, I said, go play World of Warcraft. Yeah. And, and she did. She picked up World of Warcraft uh, 15 days ago. And she just hit 40. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and, and like, and like, it, it's my point is, is that these games are so good that if there was no additional commitment and there was no additional money changing hands, I mean, well, there's going to be additional money changing. I, right. I think, I think this is leading to the price hike. Right, of course, like, yes. the The price hike is coming. We all know it, and I think if this goes through, this will lead to the price hike. So there will be some additional money that we will pay, which I'm sick about because I paid ten dollars a month for a year, and I haven't touched it. Like, and and we're about to have a remedy for that problem over here, and we'll talk about that some other time. But it, the price hike is coming, and this is how they're going to justify it. Yeah. And, and I love World of Warcraft, and you love World of Warcraft. And as much as that sounds like fun, we have so many other games to play. Like, if we start playing World of Warcraft again, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we're yeah. done. We might as well call this show done, because if we start playing World of Warcraft again, we ain't buying anything else. Yeah. And, and my point with that is, from uh, from my perspective, I don't know that that's good. Like of I course. had this, I had this discussion with Duff yesterday. I told him he needed to pick up Diablo Four and play Diablo with us. And his response was, "Dude, I just finished Tears of the Kingdom," and I said. He said, I just started Tears of the Kingdom. And I said, we're playing both. So can you. <laughs> and he was like, crap, man. Um, <laughs> like, there's so much stuff we need to play. And Game Pass is great. 
and it gives us easier access for this show. But at the same time, those are games that we play on Game Pass because they're free. They're not additional money. And unless it's a major, major, major title that we care about, we don't spend a lot of time in those Game Pass titles. Yeah. You know, it's a great service to to test a lot of stuff and play a lot of different games, but we don't spend a lot of time in those titles. This is 100% true. And also one of the things that could be uh, changed by this acquisition, right? Because, like, obviously Diablo is not on Game Pass. But imagine that this merger happened two years ago and Diablo 4 launches and is on Game Pass from, from day one. Like, you would yeah. absolutely be spending a whole lot of time in a Game Pass game, you know? Like, yeah. And that's what we're seeing with, with Bethesda games uh, that, like, we don't spend a lot of time with, you know, we don't have that, like, Game Pass game right now that we have to play. But Starfield's coming, you know, yep. like they're going to have those and they're going to have more of those now, theoretically, with Activision Blizzard as as part of the catalog. Now, again, whether or not we see those Blizzard games coming to Game Pass or when we see those Blizzard games coming to Game Pass day one, like that, that's a big question. Uh, I, I don't know that that'll happen straight off the bat. It didn't happen straight off the bat with Bethesda, but Bethesda has been a part of Microsoft for a few years now. We're starting to see that more. And I think that's probably what we'll see with Activision Blizzard games is at first, uh, there'll still be some of that separation, but it'll it'll close over time. And Activision Blizzard's so different in some ways than Bethesda because it's just so much bigger. You know, like yeah. it's just a massive amount of titles, maybe not your favorite titles of all time, all oh, but there's a handful of really good ones in there, obviously. Uh, but uh, uh, just so many, the sheer size of that catalog being so massive is such a big deal. And and with EA already having a partnership with Microsoft and, and their titles being available via a Game Pass subscription, not day one, not their full catalog, all that kind of stuff as we've talked about in the past. But the fact that you can get some EA games through there, the fact that Bethesda is going to be everything native there, the fact that we've got uh, Activision Blizzard stuff going to be native there within the next couple of years like game pass is a big 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 deal uh and it's not becoming less of a big deal and there's no, nothing not. really that is going to be competing with it at this point like everybody has you know like ubisoft has you know their whatever you know subscription thing now ea has had ea play for a while like they exist but game pass is just at a different level and, and it's hard to see because of the consolidation that we we're just talking about how that changes like sony could go out and buy today square enix Ubisoft even or whatever other company that you want to put in there Sans maybe EA VA would be like that company it would be crazy and different or like Nintendo right like by EA or Nintendo the whole conversation changes but just about any other company out there Sony goes and, and buys them out and tries to do you know PlayStation Game Pass or whatever like it still is going to have a really really hard time competing with what Microsoft already has established and, and why I think in a lot of ways Sony's not trying to do that. Sony has their subscription service. Obviously we pay for that too, but it's a different beast than what game pass is. And I just don't see anything that's going to compete with game pass and in, in the relatively near future. Eventually there will be, but not right now. And, and we mentioned earlier in this show and we'll continue to mention that we're old and we feel old. My, I, <laughs> yes. I think, I think a lot of this is that, and we've said this before on the show, you and I are, 
and granted, we haven't said it in a while, so, you know, things might, might be slightly different. But at least the last time I checked, you and I are diehard capitalists. And, and to me, because I believe in the free market and because I believe in competition and because I believe, you know, that, 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 you know, everybody should have, uh, the ability to come up from nowhere. And I don't necessarily believe in a level playing field. So everybody can have a piece like this kind of doesn't feel good to me. Right. Yes. You know? <laughs> that is in, in a lot of ways, it feels anti-capitalist like in, in the kind of purest sense of it, like capitalism's difficult, you know, <laughs> like, yes. it's a like, complex thing. Here's, here's the thing. Like I, 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 I am, I am, I am all for, for leveling the playing field in some situations, but when it comes to, when it comes to um, running a business or 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 doing doing a job well, uh, being good at a job that you do and getting compensated for it, like that's that's the way I want it. Like I want the best of the best to be themselves because they earned it, and and. And I, you know, maybe that that is a dying view at this point in a lot of ways, but I I think that's part of my hesitancy because, like, I had to earn everything I've got. I'm still having to earn everything I've got. You've known me for a long time. I have a massive chip on my shoulder. Because not a lot of people take me seriously because I sit in a chair. And so hence this Jamie Jordan thing and this show and this like I'm I'm loud and 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 say stuff and, and you have been the perfect partner because you're like that's him. Like that's what he does. And 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 to me it, I would be I would be pissed off if somebody leveled the playing field for me you have two master's degrees you have you've earned everything you've got and and that's just what i believe i think it's what you believe too in most cases um and and because of that this is a little weird yeah i it's complicated and that's part of the reason that like i have had so little like strong opinions on how this should play out (laughs) is because of that because it's just complicated because there's there's rationale on both sides of the argument of why this should be allowed to go through why it shouldn't be allowed to go through i just want conclusion you know (laughs) like i just want this to end and then we get to move on from it whatever the result is because i could see the merits on either argument of how this plays out and 
either way, like there's going to be damage that's done. The to be the like biggest reason I'm rooting for it in in some ways is that it would likely mean Bobby Kotick is out, and that would be great. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, and 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 so I would love to see that happen. But that that's a stupid reason to root for something to happen is for one person to to like not have a job anymore. He's going to be fine. Like I I want most people to have jobs. Like if you've got that much money, you're going to be fine without your job. Like I, you're not yeah. bad for that dude. So all that to say, it's just a complicated issue that at the end of the day, honestly, probably isn't going to radically change how anybody plays games. You're going to no. see changes. You're going to have different access to different games in slightly different ways. But at the end of the day, it's probably not going to like change your gaming life in any appreciable way. So let's just get it over with. But it is massive in the industry. Like it's both like that's the struggle I have with it, too, is like I'm both like, let's just get it over with and move on. But also appreciate like how crazy this is in, in this industry that this is happening in the first place and what it means and on and on. And, and you know, is what it yeah. is. But we'll we'll see what happens with that. So uh, that is one piece of Microsoft news. One other interesting kind of uh, somewhat to be surprising piece of of Microsoft news is Major Nelson stepping away. Uh, Major Nelson, who has been a, a, a staple at Microsoft uh, since the beginning, really, <laughs> uh, is is not going to be uh, a part of of Microsoft and, and Xbox specifically uh, going forward. And that's just it's the end of an era. That's that's well, a big deal. Say so yeah, it is a big deal. But I got to be honest, when I clicked on the story, my first thought was. <laughs> That dude still works there. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like, I thought he retired like 15 years ago. Right. Like, I, I, am I the only one or did you? Like, no, that's, it's perfectly fine. I mean, I, I follow uh, Major Nelson on, on Twitter. Larry Herb is the actual name or, or, or I don't know how you pronounce his last name, uh, but Major Nelson. Um, and, and, you know, like I, I see him post stuff from time to time. I'm like, oh, Major Nelson, uh, I remember you, you know, but it is uh, like it's a remnant of the past already, even though he's still technically been there. <laughs> like it is it is from like a bygone age uh, that he was uh, the thing, you know, and so right. uh, still uh, there. And Phil's been the guy uh, at Microsoft for a while now and, and feels like he's still the guy, obviously. And so uh, no big changes on what the kind of public facing of what we're going to hear from Microsoft is. But, you know, again, we're old. And so when people that were around when we were younger <laughs> are no longer around, it just reinforces yeah. the fact that we're old. So. Yes, we are. Likewise, uh, a co-president of Naughty Dog, Evan Wells, is also retiring. This means that Neil Druckmann is kind of taking over as uh, full president. They've been co-presidents uh, for a while. And so, uh, again, just kind of the end of an era here. Neil Druckmann has has become the face of Naughty Dog, uh, and and especially with The Last of Us TV show, uh, has become the face of, of kind of video game drama. <laughs> he did. And uh, he one of, should. Absolutely. He's phenomenal. I love the dude. Uh, and and one of the things that was great about The Last of Us was, you know, obviously the like post show like recap things that they would do where they would uh, interview uh, Neil Druckmann and um, uh, Craig Mazin, um, the showrunners uh, for the show, and just talk to them about, you know, the stuff. And, and it just every time Neil Druckmann was on screen, it was so clear 
how well he's able to both develop these stories and tell these stories through the medium, but also just how well he's able to communicate as a professional. And and that's a big deal in this business of just being yes. a really effective communicator. And he is very much that again, also a very good follow on Twitter. I very much encourage you if you're on Twitter, go follow Neil Druckmann. He's a good follow. Um, he is a very, very effective communicator as well as a very talented creator. And so, um, yeah, Naughty Dog is in good hands. Uh, no yes, they are. There, so, Good for them. Uh, one thing I want to get your thoughts on, because this is big. Uh, I probably should have done this even a little bit earlier, but here we are. Uh, we have a lot more details on the uh, PlayStation uh, accessibility controller. Uh, so the, did we have an official name? For this because we had the kind of I didn't name. see one but I, I just kind of skimmed <laughs> we have all the other details here but uh yeah. they're they're calling it the access controller so maybe that's the the official yeah. name, the access controller and that's kind of cool I guess okay. yeah, it's not bad it's it's uh short and to the point you know what it is yeah um, so we've got big details in that we have a release date which is the beginning of December we have a price which is ninety dollars uh which is cheaper than i was anticipating I, honestly I, okay let me, let me just say this I'll, I'll let you get through the rest of it yep. because my 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 takeaway is different than i thought it would be um i want you to talk about what's in the box yes uh, that's a big and, deal. and then i'll i'll get to what i have on my mind because i read it and i was like hey this is not how i expected to feel um so if if you could read what's in the yeah. box that would be yeah, so 90 bucks. Uh what you get is the the controller like the the itself which is kind of hard to explain. Yeah, the base because it is somewhat modular. Uh it's different though than the the Microsoft uh, accessibility controller and and how it's modular. And so it actually comes with 19 different button caps and so there are a ring of buttons around the thing we talked about it before it's kind of this circular thing that you attach a joystick to the side of um and so you get 19 different caps that have different shapes and and kind of sizes to do different things and so you can uh, utilize those to customize you know the the controller unit itself the base unit you get three different stick caps so you get one analog and this is an important note here you get one analog stick on this if you want two you're gonna have to buy two of these controllers which they do interface together uh but you get the ball you get a standard stick cap you get a dome stick cap so again depending on uh what your abilities are which one feels best for you you've got those different options and then you get these different tags that you can uh swap out with the buttons for like you know triangle x square circle l1 r1 so on and so forth you get all that kind of stuff with it and so it comes out of the box playable which is different yes. than what the, the Microsoft controller is out of the box. You can't do a whole lot with the Microsoft controller. The Microsoft controller has a ton of ports on it that you can plug in, you know, whatever to, to make it customizable. This has four ports that you can plug into. And so that's where the big difference between the two approaches is, is essentially the Microsoft controller is fully modular, but doesn't come with anything you need in the box. You got to go pick up everything else. This one is semi-modular with some expansion abilities, but comes with a whole lot in the box to get you started. So, so here's what I came up with. One is cheap. And two, there's more in the box than we had with the Microsoft controller, which you just said. And and I'm okay with that. I was okay with that until you said you only get one analog stick. Every single PlayStation game out there is analog. Yeah. Okay? 
you, you, so you're telling me I was really happy about the price because I, <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, damn, that's cheap. I, that, like, I didn't, it was so, I thought it was so cheap that I had to look up and see what the Microsoft accessibility controller was running for at this point. Yeah. Cause I didn't know. I was like, this number seems really weird. Um, but 89 bucks is super cheap, but it's not cheap if you're telling me we have to buy two for me to get a full controller. That's my understanding. And and if somebody has a different uh, understanding of this and can tell me differently, like by all means, let me know because it does seem weird. Like that is a, a weird component of this that it would only have the single stick. When again, everything is dual stick. Like you yeah. gotta have a dual stick for everything. And in the video, at the very end of the video, if I recall correctly, I'm gonna look at it again really quick and it's playing back super loud in my ear. Um, at the end of the video, it kind of showed it next to another one so you could get, you know, kind of that sense of having two of them um together. Cause it, it what it was talking about is that it interfaces with other control devices so you can use it with a uh, a, a standard placing the, dual the co-pilot essentially i i think what's gonna happen is you're gonna be you are going to be able to plug in a playstation controller while you're with me and right. kind of co-pilot some yes. stuff but yeah. you can also do that with just the PlayStation controller standalone and or you can do that with another one of these controllers to essentially get the two two sticks, which seems necessary. That's what I really that's my biggest question on it is what is the what is the rationale for uh, uh, having this with only one stick, unless there's the ability to plug in, you know, a, a customized stick to it as well, that you could plug in, you know, a, a different joystick for that. Well, I mean, they're just, they're just ports. And so I'm thinking that's what they're thinking. Maybe so. You, you can just go get an analog stick. But if you use a port up on that, you got three ports left. Do you have enough ports? for all your buttons and the extra stuff there. Like, I think there's enough ports for what you and I would build for me to right. be able to use. Because again, I, you have I, so many buttons available on yes. the base of the controller. Yeah, and so I think that's what they're thinking is you you want the second analog stick, just go buy it. And yeah. I'm fine with that because they're, they're, you know, you can get an analog stick anywhere. Um, I, but the problem is going to be if we get it, we put it together and we know we realize that we need four ports and we only got three and we should right. have bought another one to make it work. Like that sort of pisses me off a little bit. Yeah. And that's where like, we're definitely going to have to see more in terms of hands-on and reviews and that kind of stuff before pulling the trigger on anything here. Cause there's just so many questions about what it actually looks like, which to be fair is true of, of any uh, controller of this nature. Like because everybody's disability that you're trying to, uh, to, to address with this thing is going to be different. And so there is no one size fits all. There's, probably no one size fits more than a handful right. <laughs> like that's it correct. just is the, the challenge with this and and part of what microsoft's approach was with their accessibility controllers we're going to leave it completely up to you to decide what works well for you 
you just got to go spend all that money to make it happen. And so you're looking at a big investment. Sony's approach is we're going to do something that we think is going to work for more people that still has flexibility to it but not as much flexibility for the purposes of getting you more in the box. And, and, and it, I mean, honestly, if you could buy just two of these controllers and it does what you need it to do, that's still cheaper than a Microsoft accessibility controller with all the different things that you need to make that. That's right. That's uh, right. And so from a price standpoint, even though all of this stuff is ridiculously expensive and it's a shame that it's so ridiculously expensive for the market that we're talking about here, it's, it, it's, justifiable in the market at least you know like at least when you compare it to what else is out there like you can see the rationale and it it very well will very much will not likely will absolutely will bring games to people who weren't playing games before uh and that's a good thing and can we can we be real part of the reason we've been hinting at the gaming on game room that we're going to put together here in about two weeks uh with some help from some people which we will talk about later part of the reason the game room is so important is that what we went through last year for us to play games in my new house was a freaking nightmare And, and we just decided okay we need to set up a room where all of the stuff is out it's on a it's on a desk all you gotta do is pull up to it you got a computer, you've got a big screen right above the computer. You want to play PC games, you want you want to play a game on uh Game Pass and use your controller, it's plugged in, all you have to do is pick it up. Like that's that's the entire point behind the gaming uncensored game room. That that's the entire reason we're doing it. And and I've got to go pick up the television and the surround sound and the whole thing because we're gonna go all out on this but we're we're doing it to make it easier for me to pick up a game any game work i love game pass but i hate the fact that i can't play it most of the time because my controller's in the other room and it's it's too much it's too much finagling for me to ask a person who is working with me uh, to help me do and then unplug it all and then move it like it just doesn't work yeah and so you need a space for this stuff then it's all right there yeah and you just switch the plugs and so that's the point behind the gaming uncensored game room and, and i i don't think we're going to know how either one of those controllers really works until the game room is set up. Because let's be honest, I've had the Microsoft accessibility controller for two years now, thanks to the guys at Warfighter Engage. They they put that thing together. We love those guys. They, they were on this show. But I'm going to be real honest and say I put less than 10 hours in the thing because I just, I don't have the setup. Yeah. Right. And so I think with both of these, the room setup is absolutely essential. Yeah. Because both of them, there's too many parts to just give somebody a box and say, go. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It just, it, 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 again, there's no, 
one size solution here. That's that's the, the very point of these existing in the first place. Um, and so it, it's an understandable issue that that has to be addressed on an individual basis. There's just one of the significant challenges about this whole thing. Uh, and, and you can have all the best intentions to make this work and still have something that is a challenge to get to work the way that you hope that it will. And I think we'll find that with the, the Sony Access Controller, just like we found that with the Microsoft Accessibility Controller. Like the, we're going to have the same challenges in, in I different mean, ways it'll be interesting to see which ones are more uh surmountable right like that's really the thing that we're talking about here is which one of these is going to give us the least headache because we know they're both going to give us headaches i mean the microsoft controller is still not set up the way i i would like it sure. if you were here on a regular basis and we could tweak and we could we could try some things that are still like a zillion little things that would make playing games on Game Pass easier. Yep. And so that's just that's just an issue with these controllers when your hands don't work. Yep. That, that that's one thing I would say to these companies is, yeah, I'm glad you're finally putting out the tech. I'm glad you're finally getting it to people that that need uh that need access to these games. But you also have to keep in mind that they're not putting this stuff together themselves. Yeah. They have to have another person to come help them troubleshoot this stuff. In my case, it's multiple people because I got the guys at Warfighter engaged. I got I got you and like my my help last night was literally dusting the Microsoft <laughs> uh, access- accessibility controller because it had gathered dust on my shelf. Yep. And I feel awful because like I want to use the thing every day. Right. But my setup is not there. Yep. Not yet. Yep. And that's one thing I would say about these people about these devices is you have to remember if if a disabled person is going to use it, an able-bodied person in 90% of the cases has to set it up. Yep. Period. Yep. So and that means additional support and, and stuff like that that you need to do to make that feasible. One thing I'll mention about this one, though, that I saw that I really, really loved, I think you'll really, really love, I just thought of you when I saw it, yep. is that all the buttons are toggleable. Uh, that you yes. can toggle all the buttons and I know that's such a big deal. And so I'm so happy deal. to see that. So huge. That's deal. very cool. Um big uh, deal for that. So I, I I will say we we will be buying these with Patreon money. For sure. Uh we will be buying as many of them are necessary to to figure out how to make them work. Uh th- this is exactly what Patreon money is for. Uh, and and I don't think I adequately e- expressed the reason for the game room. It's not just for me to have a room in my house. Like I'm, we're literally trying to figure this stuff out so that we can put together a better show. Absolutely. And and uh, and, and um, I I really want you guys to be aware that when it comes to this accessibility stuff there's there's still not a lot of people out there doing the work there's more people out there doing the work we talked about all of the accessibility in games that have popped up it's it's creeping along but we still got a long way to go 
Yeah. And and with all of that said, I've got more ideas for the game room. If you would like to contribute and uh, help us set it up, that's a good uh, a good place to go would be the Patreon because all of that content as it gets set up is going to be put on Patreon. So if you're not on Patreon, I would highly encourage you to go over there and check that out because the game room is going to be our project for a while. Yeah, for sure. And and I'm really excited. Me too. Uh, it's going to be a really fun thing. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, to getting not started on it because we've started on it, but getting to work on it more. And, and that's all yep. happening in a couple of weeks. And you'll be able to follow along uh, with us as we do a lot of that stuff. So that said, that's what we're going to wrap uh, for uh, this episode of E4. There's other gaming news out there and we're going to get to some of them. We'll have other events happening and that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, just just wanting to get in here and get some uh, content in because it's been a little bit. It's going to be a little bit again uh, before we do some more content. We'll probably have one or two more shows before uh, we're together. Um, yeah. But uh, we're, we're going to be together soon. And so that's going to be good. I'm I'm much looking forward to it. We both need to break. Uh, and we, we both need to sit around and play some games. Yes. And, and so you're going to see two guys that are in really good moods and and happy to be here and uh, we just hope you guys are ready for what's coming because there's gonna be a there's gonna be a lot of stuff coming um i i will tell you uh that um some stuff that we said on earlier shows about putting some games on back burners yeah that's out the window <laughs> so and and we'll talk more about that as we go, but uh, we've got some great people that that take care of us, and to all of you that take care of us, thank you so much for allowing us to do this. For sure, because for as long as we've been doing this, uh, we could not do what we're doing right now without your support and 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 putting stuff together. I thought the other day we haven't played a game. We haven't paid for a game in three years. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's insane. Yeah, uh, that's crazy, and that's you guys. I, we 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 could not do this thing without you. We appreciate you so much, and uh, we just want you to know that. And we are trying everything we know to do to get you more content. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hang out with us, do it on the uh, Facebook page. Lots of discussion going on over there. There's going to be new stuff going on on the Patreon. Uh, Tommy's always got something interesting on the Twitter. Uh, we're not on every social network, but the ones we are, it's pretty cool. So check us out there. And of course, the voicemail line at 509-GAME-210. Other than that, is there anything else, sir? I think we're good. I'm Jamie. That's Tommy. We are the idiots explaining entertainment, and it's only on GamingOnCensored.com, and we are out. Gaming Uncensored is brought to you by Colonel Duff. Duff. 
helping a random handicapped guy in the middle of nowhere. Only on Gaming Uncensored.